All right. Everybody got discombobulated here a little bit here. Everybody all right? I think everybody had to be at You like them? Wow. It must have been the worship. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Um, I'm not going to go through uh, too much of the, the rehash from last week. Whoa. Uh, so I'm just because of time's sake, although I'm not too concerned about time, because like a lot of uh, preachers and pastors, they have the, the unbelievable ability to uh, create a series so they can just go one week and another week and then another week and then another week and they just can keep on going. And so I've always been kind of jealous of that. I want to invite this guy up here, but I don't really know him. He keeps looking up here. So um, I'm going to wave to him. I, I think... I think so. He's walking really fast too. He's he's gone. So there's an old pudgy white guy up there. And what's he doing? Okay. So, uh, yeah. So Danielle or anybody else, you know, look. There's the little summarized version of uh, what we covered last week. And really, what we did was go through in depth, I think, the definition of church. We also passed the microphone around and gave everybody a chance to say their, uh, give their thoughts. We also covered, um, (laughs) you're, you're going (laughs) to, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is what I live with here. She's, she's, She's German. What can I tell you? Um, I am not. Broadhurst is English. Uh, basics of what is needed in a church and who is a church for. So we covered that. I think you need to get some airborne. Okay, she's she's suffering. Keep Nancy in your prayers. Oh, I th- I think it's complete suffer here. Anyway, so. So as promised two weeks ago, and again it was two weeks, so I put that little refresher in there again. Um, Okay, (laughs) something's going on. There's mice. There's mice. So we're gonna we're gonna jump right in to a movie clip. Because, you know, I like movies to teach with. Who, who here likes movies? Okay. Well, you're going to see one of my all-time favorite movies up here. I think Nancy would concur. I'm guessing none of the rest of you have ever seen it, but it is literally a classic. Have you heard, anybody heard of Robert Duvall? I call him Bobby, but Robert? Yeah, he's a well-known actor. Well, that, this was a dream come true this was 15 years in the making this movie and uh, he uh, he directed it and he starred in it and as he says it was uh, kind of a life-changing movie and um, it was the best thing that happened to him in his life quote-unquote so it's it's an incredible moving movie and it applies to what it's like at church so I'm going to give you a taste of church that maybe you have never had a little taste of this church, and I'm going to see if I can operate um, this at the same time. I have it loaded. Oh, there it is. Everything is black. Oh, is it playing? I'm trying to, tr- I'm trying to figure out how to change the uh, oh my. input. Well, that wasn't good. It's playing. Maybe we'll get to it a little later. I'm going to put the control in your hand. And I'm also going to give you the uh, the Sony control. Yes. Okay, here we go. But now we're going to have to go to menu.
Okay, so. What's the title of this movie, Randall? It's called The Apostle. Okay. It's called The Apostle, Robert Duvall. I just got to get to menu. If I can get to menu, because it's, I didn't realize it was playing. So, it's not. This is taking place in the 1940s, 50s, 60s. You like this? You like the music? It, it's, it's cool. This is in the Deep South. This is taking place in um, East Texas and West Louisiana. And you guys are going to just absolutely love this. So I'm going to give you a taste of the Deep South. This is when he was the apostle. He plays the apostle. Um, EF, also known as Sonny. And this is going to be as a little kid and how he was influenced by going to church. So this is a little different church than they're used to because of time, geography, and um, all kinds of things. Um, you'll you'll see what it is here. Oops. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. I'll probably spoil it for you, so you probably won't want to see it. But okay. Um. Possibly, possibly. I lost my last one. Anybody have the, the uh, 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 what was the one that I played?
uh, this is old-fashioned tent revival, and this is called, uh, uh, what is it called? This is called uh, uh, a tag team featuring Holy Ghost Power. I may be on the devil's hit list, but I'm on Jesus' bailing list.
reckon you didn't sleep much? I ain't slept 48 hours. I was yelling at God the sun up. You got the Pentecost screw? And how, yeah. Why are you going where you're not wanting? Come on, Joe. They can't lock me out. They can vote me out, but they can't lock me out. These people love me. Uh, they're not unless they're they'll be turned up and you'll see them. There we go. There you go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's all right. Holy Spirit, Jesus, and uh, it's all good. And I, I thought it was good because not just because I really like this movie. Uh, is that I just wanted to have a little bit of display that people worship in different ways, people preach in different ways, people um, experience and um, church in different ways. Uh, they, um, uh, they just have a, a lot of different guidelines. But if you connect the dots, which I'm gonna try to do here, is they're doing things very similar to what I would consider a healthy church. 
at least in the context of the scenes that you saw. In the beginning, they're praising and worshiping the Lord. Uh, there was a sermon that somebody was going to give a sermon. You can imagine a sermon was given. Or that was a traveling blind evangelist. Uh, the tent meetings rise people up, rouse them. Holy Spirit power. I mean, they're getting energized. They're getting emotional, and they're getting uh, led to Jesus. I don't think you would be there if you were an atheist. You wouldn't feel comfortable, is my guess. Um, and as I, I expressed a couple weeks ago, this is, I'm not going to make uh, a big effort as far as doctrine is concerned. I'm not going to get doctrine, any kind of doctrine, confused with dogma. That's not what this study is about. This study is about what, um, uh, uh, what a healthy church looks like and, and in the effort to help you find a healthy church. In case you're looking, you may have already found one, and I hope you have. Uh, but it might not be the same as the brother or sister who's sitting by you. They might worship a little different. They might get preached to a little different. They might um, have a different sort of leadership involved. But that's the variety of the Lord. The Lord's put a variety of worship all around. They worship different in Africa, at least the places in Africa that I've been. They worship different in India at least the places in India I've been. Um, every, everybody does it a little bit different, but the same basic tenets of a healthy church exist, at least as far as I know. Um, so I'm going to give you some of those what to look for when you're seeking and looking for a healthy church. So we'll start with um, a high view of scriptures. The Bible is the authority. Okay. As an example, when I was raised as a young boy in Catholicism, um, we were taught as Catholics that, that that was not so. I mean, the, the thing that was put in our hand was a catechism to learn the religion, the Catholic religion, and we were to uh, study what we called a missal. M-I-S-S-A-L, I think. Is it L-E? I don't know. I think that's a missile that fires a rocket in the sky, but this was different. So uh, we, and I went to eight years of Catholic grade school and went to church every day. Went to four years of Catholic high school, went to church every day. Except Saturdays. We went Sundays as well, but five days a week is part of the Catholic instruction. And never, in those five days a week of school, did we ever pop open a Bible. I'm not picking on the Catholic religion. I'm just using that as an object lesson. So if you're going to look for a healthy church, you need to try to um, ascertain to find out where they place scriptures. How important is that? Or are they going to be bringing other doctrine and other religious thought and other religious teaching that comes from somewhere else? Uh, part of the reason we start going, Nancy and I start going to a Christian church is she was uh, evangelized by a couple of ladies that literally climbed up a mountainside, which was also known as our driveway, to uh, get to our house at 7,000 7, feet high. Knocked on the door, the Bible in their hand, wanted to do a Bible study. And what, where were they from? Jehovah's Witnesses. There you go. And what Nancy found out, the long as she was loved, she fell in love with the Bible. I studied with them. Studied with them. Then they invited her to church. The Kingdom Hall. The Kingdom Hall. The Kingdom Hall um, and where she found out that they did not put a high priority on the Bible, there was extracurricular teachings that came from the Watchtower Society. Yeah. So uh, I'm just giving you some negative examples. Actually said if you, if you read the Bible on your own without 
would be in darkness within two years. Their beliefs are very strong. So when I went to church or Kingdom Hall that day, that's when I said, there's something weird about this. It didn't set right, did it? Didn't it just the my spirit was checking? Oh, they were they they were lovely the ladies. The Bible was cool. The I love the Bible. <laughs> and therefore, she wanted me to get involved in it, and I was no. down in Denver, well, studying the Bible. We we just we just said, you know, we got to find a Bible believing church somewhere somehow. But that's another story for another time. Maybe it'll come up tonight. I don't know. So you understand. And if somebody could look up, I don't know. Uh, one of these scriptures, I have a lot of scriptures, First Chronicles 16, 8 through 13, Psalm 95, 6 through 7, and all of chapter 10 of Hebrews. So if somebody could say, let's look up Psalm 95, 6 through 7, that would be awesome. You have it? Okay, then I'm going to let you speak into the microphone. 6 through 7. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Okay. I suppose I should go into some of the other scriptures, but um, if we went through all the scriptures I have here, we would, uh, we'd be here late into the evening. No, that was Psalm 95, 6 through 7. Um, really, I suggest you read Hebrews 10 as much as any. But secondly, uh, we're going to look at finding a church or seeking a church where you can be equipped and fed spiritually through the gospel with Jesus Christ. as the leader of that church. Okay, and I'm, I emphasize that. Okay, Jesus being the leader of that church. So if we read, if somebody looks up, you can be a step ahead of me and look up, let's say Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. All right, you take that one and somebody take John. The book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6. I don't know. I think that's probably a typo is my guess. So let's let's move over to so I don't have to look that up. Let's look at John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17. All right. Okay. Grant, you have it? Yeah. Go for it. Uh I don't know. It's Romans chapter 1, 16 through 17. Yeah, go ahead. Just read it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to for faith, as is written, the, the, right, the, the, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith, not ashamed of the gospel. And then we have. When they had finished eating, what, Jesus. What? Oh, uh, John twenty-one fifteen through seventeen. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered. Yes, you know that I love you, Jesus said. Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Do you love me, he said. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Oh, um, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Just for emphasis, Peter, are you going to feed my sheep? It's hard to be a Christian, and we're going to get into this in the end. Um, it's hard to be a Christian 
I don't want to say a, a not necessarily a rogue Christian, but uh, you might consider it to be a uh, what somebody terms a floating believer, somebody that wants to do it on their own. I don't need to go to church. You know, the older you get, and 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 maybe maybe you guys hear it plenty at school or work. Uh, you'll hear people say, "Well, I, yeah, I'm a Christian. I I don't need to go to. I don't do the church thing. I'm I'm not. You know, I don't need that." Well, I'm here to disprove that. That that's that's not biblical. Um, I would suggest it's a it's a lie from Satan that's gotten to people. Uh, but it's common. It's very common. And I will, but we'll get in that uh, towards the end. Right now, we're looking at. Uh, you know, what are, the, what are the eight things that you should be looking for in a church? So, to be fed spiritually uh, in a church where you can be equipped. What do, do you have any idea what I mean by equipped? The devil's playing with me out there. Are you kidding me? Yes, little boy making noise. Yes. What do you think equipped means well equipped is putting on all of the armor of god and having you know his breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace and the belt of truth which cinches everything together and just all of the parts of the armor so that we may be fully equipped to do his work that we know his word and not only do we love him but we know how to explain to someone else what salvation is and how we are saved and um, lead them to Christ. And okay, let me stop you there. So, where are you going to get the the breastplate and the and the huh? Sorry, that's all, that's all right. Where are you going to get those things? Where are you going to be equipped and have the, the armor of God from God? So you don't need church. Okay, so so you never said that. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just throwing it out there. Anybody else? I love that. It's distracting me. I'm ACDC. What? <laughs> I think, you like, it got to be... Equipped. How are you going to get equipped? What's that mean? You got you to you focus on God every day. You can do that without church. Okay, anybody else want to try? Are you asking, like, things without church or things with church? No, we're talking about... If, if, I, if I'm saying to you that you should be looking for a church that is going to equip you, then um, I would suggest that the church needs to do the equipping. Okay? Yes, sir. Your question is? I'm not, I'm not taking a stance, but just from what you've said, your claim is that the church does the equipping, but you haven't given us evidence as to why the Bible says the church does the equipping as opposed to God doing the equipping. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, so, we'll, we'll go into that. That was your claim, Yes. Oh, I thought your hand was up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, hold, you're holding yourself up. Anybody else want to give it a shot? You want a second chance, right? <laughs> well, I'm just adding. I wasn't finished. Oh. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I just wanted to add that the Bible claims that we need to have fellowship with one another and through um, through our attending of church and being with one another, we are fulfilling God's plan for our lives. Good, good finish. Good, good comeback on that. Yeah. Let's, let's give a clap for Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's a good finish. And I, I would... Um, we're, we're going to address what Adam's concern is. What, what does the Bible say about equipping, or where does the Bible say that we need, we need that, or is the church the only one that can equip us? So I'm not saying that we, don't, we can't equip ourselves, and there's Holy Spirit power that, that equips us. That, that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I, I firmly believe, and the Bible f affirms, that we are to do that we don't have to go to a church building for that. We don't have to have a, a preacher preach to us for that. We don't have to have um, a lot of things for that. In fact, I have a whole nother study that's what, 
which is what a church does not do. So I'm not going to get into that tonight. Uh, but what I am saying, and to your point, well said, is that iron sharpens iron, that other believers encourage you. Other believers, and we're going to get into this, I think it's uh, in, uh, well, it's the next one, third, uh, Christian fellowship allows you to be um, encouraged, held accountable, uh, helps you in the study, discipleship. Uh, so, and we'll get into some scriptures on that. In fact, I guess we could go to, um, <laughs> we covered Romans, we did John, we don't know what the John 6, 53 through it's probably 53 through 58. What do you think? Anybody want to grab John chapter 6? It doesn't fit. Okay, we won't go there. I just typoed it, apparently. And, and I'll, jump, I'll jump down to uh, the third one just to get into what, what Adam was talking about. Find a church where God's love is obvious and abundant. It's friendly it's accepting, it's encouraging, and where Christian fellowship is important. Um, a, a church that's run similar to what a family would be as opposed to what a business, how a business would operate. Um, fellowship helps you face life's problems, does it not? It provides you support, gives you encouragement from other uh, Christians like I just mentioned. And that's where typically, not always, discipleship takes place. Again, if you're doing it on your own, if you're reading the Bible on your own, you're praying on your own, um, you're, I don't know, worshiping on your own in a variety of ways, you miss out on that fellowship. You, you miss out on the iron sharpening iron. You miss out on the encouragement and the accountability. You miss out on all those things. And if we were to delve into that, let's look at some some verses again, all of Hebrews 10. Uh, should we just read all of Hebrews 10? Oh, my gosh. It, it's fairly long. That's Yeah, I could put it in, in a lot of these, actually. Uh, but... We could read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. And we could add Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. Who wants to try Ephesians 2, verse 19 through 22? You want to try that, Adam? You got it? All right. I'll hold the microphone. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, Built on the foundation of Read that last that last line. Members of Members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Wow. That that may answer your question, I'm not sure. Uh Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. It's on your sheet there. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty powerful statement. Who wants to give uh, give us Luke 13? Oh, all right. <clears throat> Let's see. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look for three years now, er... Yeah. Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should I use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on some manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Is that the right one? I believe so. Um... If, if a tree, and Jesus often used parables using plants and farming 
And if a tree is not bearing fruit, he's saying cut it down. Even though the, um, um, what do you want to call it, not the farmer, but the, the guy that ran the orchard that was tending to the tree was saying, well, what if I put some manure on it? What else was it going to, if I dug around it and, and so on and so forth? What he's saying is, um, as I understand that scripture, he's saying, uh, what if I tended to the tree? And in the parable, it's like, okay, tend to the tree. Take care of that tree. If the ground's hard or it needs watering or it needs uh, uh, fertilizer, absolutely. Help that tree out. Otherwise, do what? Cut it down. Well, I, I would suggest to you that if you're a, a little skinny tree, like my Ichabod tree out front here in my front yard, that if I wasn't tending to it and fertilizing it and watering it, and if it wasn't planted properly by Minoza, uh, that um, it would die. It wouldn't bear leaves. So somebody else had to be involved, whether you call that discipleship, whether you call that the church body, or whatever. That, that's what that verse is telling you. It needs some help. It needs tending to. And there's going to be some other verses we're going to come up with too. So the members know each other and support each other as found in the book of Acts. Uh, all of Acts get, gets into that. I have. Maybe we should look at Acts 6, 1 through 7. Can somebody look at Acts 6, 1 through 7? Yes. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known who to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. The, this proposal pleaded the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Wow. That's the early church, is it not? Man, that's a whole lot of stuff happening right there. And that verse would tell you that it's a group of people. There's, there's people involved. There's assignments. There's things that need to be done. Um, food is dis distributed. There's people in leadership roles. And when you do those things correctly, what happens? What did it say? The disciples full of the Spirit and the Word spread and the, the whole little church was spreading. Okay? The numbers grew. You don't see a whole lot of growth when you have one or two dudes going out and doing Christianity together. <coughs> There's not a whole lot of spreading. There's no, not a whole lot of growth. Okay, moving on. Fourth, find a church where you can be useful. Look for opportunities where we can all practice our gifts and experience serving in ministry. So if somebody could look up 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. It's a long verse. A couple of verses, yes. And Matthew twenty twenty eight, Nancy, if you could take Matthew twenty twenty, you can't read right now. Got you. And somebody could take Colossians three twenty three. I can take the first Corinthians. Okay, let's let's start with um, the shorter ones. Colossians three twenty three. Who's going to do that one? Was that you? No. Oh, you're doing Matthew. Go ahead, Matthew twenty. It's funny. I have it highlighted. 
Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life at ransom for many. To serve. Awesome. You have Colossians? 3.23? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. A lot of working going on in this church. Okay, then 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the body... The body is one? As the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, and so is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say to the hand, because I am not a foot, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hear be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But if, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it, or if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? By earnestly, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Wow, I guess we could have good job. I I think we could have just used these last few verses for the whole the whole study. I mean, <clears throat> how how are you part? What the Bible's telling us is how can you be part of the body of Christ and just be one eye or one foot or one ear. You can't. It's made up of very many members. I'm, I'm not making this up, right? I'm not trying to prove my point. So if you go to a church, I'll get to you in just a second. You're not going to really, you're just trying to breathe through your mouth? Okay, gotcha. Okay, I thought it was a little sign you wanted to say something. Um, I think the Holy Spirit was moving. Um, so, um, are you going to speak? In you were going to get a sign? No. So, if you're looking at a church and there's only a few people doing things, there's only a few of the body parts doing things, hmm, is that a healthy church? I don't know. Maybe it's just getting going. Maybe they need more body parts. Okay. If you go to a church where Maybe they don't, they're not looking for people to serve. They're not looking for body, the body parts to use their gifts. Hmm. Why would that be? Oh, we got this covered. Oh, we've got her over there. She, she, she sings and does piano. And Oh, we've got him. Oh, yeah, he, that, that couple, that family over there, they, they do the greeting. Um, you know, we, we've got everything pretty well covered. Oh, all right. Where am I going to use my gifts? Is anybody asking me about my gifts? What? Oh, you are going to say something. Oh, I like it. Yes. Don't get your germs 
Okay, but what's more typical in a church um, is not so much Sally over there is doing that, but the pastors have it covered. That's what you see more often. Yes. We have a pastoral stuff. Yeah, we think it's a big problem. It's a large problem in the church. I don't want to dwell on it too much because there might be some uh, pastors listening to this and deciding whether they want to come and teach later on in May. So, um, but let it be said <laughs> that it's a problem in the church, in, in many, many churches. Um, not that it can't be fixed. God that, not that God still doesn't do things in that church. And not that ministry doesn't happen in that church. And not that people aren't happy in that church. But you notice so far, I'm not positive, but at least in my view of what to look for in a, in a healthy church, I don't see so far we've come up with a happy church. Not that it should be, un don't get me wrong, I'm not saying a church is unhappy. I'd rather go to a church that seemed happy. I think I gave you some examples. Those people were all seemed to be having a joyous time, making a joyful noise. Some would call it noise. Some would call it other things. Um, I, I'm not making a comment. I'm just saying, yes. I just have a question mm -hmm. regarding the Holy Spirit power that they were describing. They don't believe that just through touching someone, then they'll transfer the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Is that what they're like referring to? Or I just was a little bit confused. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll talk offline on that because it is a movie. It's based on some reality, some things that he experienced, the director, Robert Duvall, but it was a movie. And there, it, primarily those were shot at what's called holiness churches. And so we'll discuss holiness. Yeah, but some, some people do, and I don't know, that, that's a great question, but for this t subject, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on that. We'll get back to you, Betty, unless you have another verse that I gave you and I forgot. So I, I guess my point, my point there is, and I, I don't want to be unclear about it, is that happy people don't necessarily make a healthy church. Am I being contrary? I mean, is that misunderstood? No, because sometimes I feel like they push too much, in my opinion. Push, like, too, push what that, too much? Like, to be happy? No, not to be happy, but like, I don't know, like, I, I guess I would have to say the church or, you know, they're like, in my opinion, they're kind of like up in your business, like trying to figure out like what type of Christian you are. So, well, maybe they're I, trying to get... Oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know, like, it, it's just sometimes it's a little too strong in my opinion, I guess. That's, that's well, they, I, I don't know specifically what you're talking about, but people might ask you questions about your life and want to get involved because they're trying to figure out who you are. If you're a family member, if you're part of this family, and I think we touched on being part of the family, right, and not a business, that's the one we're on, um, you'd want to get to know your family members. And if you're... in as part of the pastoral group, you would want to know more about that person so you could find out what kind of gifts or talents they have. Yeah. Yeah, so they they might be probing, not... I, I don't know. It's just like, I've just experienced it, or I've experienced it, um, like, I've only probably experienced it once, but I've seen, like, a lot of people, like, people that I've gone to church with do it with other people and I and I could see that those people were uncomfortable so like mm. I I think that's the like you know and I know what they were doing you know it's just I feel like I, I can tell when somebody's uncomfortable and I think with those people they're blinded that those people are uncomfortable oh okay those kinds of questions. and I think that's what I mean like by all right like and maybe that, too soon they haven't earned the yeah, right to get into that that's, that's like the thing like, they haven't pledged membership they're new Yeah, that, that would be a, a little too much. You haven't earned the right 
um, and we're going to get we're going to touch on membership if we have time. And actually, we're getting a slow low on time. I'm having a hard time seeing them when you're attending church and they're evangelizing you while you're in church. Uh, I thought the evangelization would to bring them into the church. It, it was mainly like we like invited some friends. Well, this is like a friend inviting some friends, and I, I just can see the uncomfortableness on yeah. their face. Yeah. Well, if you go, if you go too too fast, you know, you it's it's a relation it's relationships. You know, you just don't jump into people's business if you don't know them. So I I, I get that. So like, Oh, All right. Like so, like I'm putting like quotations like, around that. Yeah, that's that's like that's what I'm getting from what you're saying right now. So unless you're trying to say something completely different, then well, okay. Go. Well, I was going to make a comment that we're, as it says here, where growth and love, and good deeds, uh, are made available, and you witness those things, and they're happening in in church. Uh, there's love. There's good deeds, uh, and there's support. For the, for the members and the good deeds go beyond the walls of the building, then you're going to see some happy people, I think. If, if people are involved, and the scriptures we've read so far are talking about involvement, especially uh, uh, the long one we did in, um, what was it, um, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 31. Uh, you're, you're using your gifts. My, my suggestion here, my strong suggestion, is that if, and, 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 and there's a little bias in here, and, and the bias is very little. It's just that I prefer smaller churches. I don't like big churches. And, and, and the reason I don't like big churches, although I've been, I've been spiritually fed, I've heard great sermons, I've loved a lot of the music, I know plenty of people to go to big churches. Uh, my son and his, my daughter-in-law and three kids go to a large church. Actually, uh, my other son-in-law and my daughter and their kids go to a large church. But you can get lost in those churches. You could, I, I don't know where the family comes in. That's why they try to have growth groups or small groups and, and so on and so forth. But providing the support, having uh, the fellowship of taking care of you when they don't know you and having a family-like situation as opposed to running it like a corporate business-like situation. I mean, that's really difficult. Kudos to those large churches that keep that, that, that smooth out those rough edges of, of the, a corporate type style. Uh, but it's, it's hard. In a small church, you can get to know each other. Your family's not so extended. It's not so large um, that you don't know what, what's going on in people's lives, typically. You, you, you know, if nothing else, through gossip. And no, I'm just kidding. That's just a little Randall humor there for those that are new. Okay, thank you for last, smiling. Nobody's laughing. Okay, we're, we're going to end here because um, I sense we've overwhelmed it. I'll, I'll finish uh with the fourth one i guess we 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 are in the fourth one aren't we um yeah find a church and you can be useful uh you can practice your gifts now i i would suggest to you that a lot of people don't want to go to a church like that because in all honesty they don't know what their gifts are 
And if they do want, know what their gifts are, they don't want to exercise those. They're too busy. Work is too hard. School's too hard. Work and school's too hard. Their time is taken up. It's like, really, you want me to do one more thing? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I got six. No, I, you said that, not me. Um, so you know what I'm saying? People, and I, my, my theory, and this is just a theory, so I'm putting quotes and brackets and bold print around this. My theory is a lot of people go to large churches for primarily for that reason. They can get super qualified, high-quality musical worship. They can get a lot of programs for kids and all sorts of age groups. They can get all the, all the stuff that they want, but they can meld into the crowd and disappear in there, and they don't really have to fellowship. They don't have to do ministry. They don't have to do anything. They can kind of plug in for a couple hours on Sunday and plug back out next Sunday, plug in, plug out. Nobody's going to be the wiser. Am I right or am I wrong? Okay, good. I like being right. So I um, appreciate that. So, but the Bible doesn't tell us that. <laughs> the Bible's saying you need to serve. You need to experience that. You need to practice your gifts. I mean, if you're really good at singing or music or tech or like in my case, humor. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, there you go. Shabang. Um, then you need to exercise those gifts, right? Otherwise, the, the eye, again, going back to the body, the eye can't see, the head can't see, the body can't see if the eyes aren't functioning, right? It can't go anywhere if the feet aren't walking. Correct? I mean, that's how God set it up. Yes, sir. Is it to this point? Yes. Okay. Make your point. Go. Uh, I'm right. like, uh, I want, uh, I got, what, what question again? Can you repeat the question again? Oh, I wasn't asking a question. I'm sorry. I may have confused. What, what, oh, I guess I kind of posed it in a theoretical sense. If you're not using your gifts, if you go to a church and they're not going to use your gifts and they're not enabling and um, training up people to use their gifts, then I'm not sure how healthy that church is. I'm not going to label any church because I don't know all the inner workings of those uh, of any church. However, I'm so I'm not trying to put a negative spin. I already put a little bit of negative spin on a couple of other religions, so I'm not I'm not emphasizing that. I'm emphasizing the positives of what a healthy church would be. And Nancy was just going to say something. I'm going to say that goes back to the equipping we were talking about before. How does a church equip you? Um, a church body will equip people by allowing them to use their gifts, but also um, just uh, seeing something in someone, a, a gift or a talent or something raw, and developing that for them so they can use their gifts to serve, and that's how they are equipped. So it's, it's all connected. The equipping is part of the fellowship. It's part of the discipleship. It's part of the loving it's parting the knowing it's parting the learning and teaching and it's all kind of together and and that's and that's what i agree with nancy and then that and that's what we try to do here at remedy i mean part of our whole purpose is to help young people young adults like yourselves uh to to equip you to give you that that opportunity to train you up that's why we had our leadership training a few months back. That's why we uh, uh, allow you, you know, and, and exhort you and encourage you to be involved in tech or lead worship or, or to teach or whatever it might be. So you, you understand? that That's the equipping, uh, is if you have those gifts and they haven't completely blossomed yet, they're, they're in there, then we want to bring those gifts out. We want to we, we want them, we want that fruit of that fig tree so it doesn't get chopped down. Yes, Grant. Can I, can I, can I invite Jonathan Paul Miller to come up? 
conversation? Uh, no. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Uh, no. Just asking for. Yeah, and I I gave you your answer. No. It's okay, Jonathan. He can uh, if he wants to get involved, then we can uh, do a. Uh, we can get him up on the big screen and see his, his face. Or come down here. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> come on. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna. I, I also want to. Uh, let's see. I want to play another. Yes. <laughs> 